Jesus kept by his mighty, his almighty power divine.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, God is a keeper. Even in a pandemic, God is a, a keeper. I'm going to ask just for a little bit more volume on my monitors, if you wouldn't mind. I, I want to, um, for this time, to call your attention to a Palm Sunday text. Matthew chapter 21. 
verses 1 through 11. And for those that are watching us online, if you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of God's word, let's pretend we were at church as far as 1401 Allen Street is concerned. And um, open your Bibles to Matthew 21. Starting at verse 1, these words are printed. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you. Immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, and sitting on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on him and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the ground. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come to Jerusalem, the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. If you wouldn't mind, if you're at home, repeating after me, verse 9, which is where I want to anchor for the time that is mine sermonically. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I want to preach for just a few moments. What is there to shout about? What is there to shout about? You may be seated. What is there to shout about? The account of Matthew gives us a different perspective of Jesus that varies from the other Gospels. The text I've read to you this morning describes what is considered to be the triumphant entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem, even though I contend there was really nothing victorious about it. What we see in Matthew is the beginning moments of an arduous week for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he travels to have a rendezvous with the powers of hell on a hill called Calvary. There are several things this week that Jesus will engage in, and this week we refer to as being the week of passion. Nevertheless, today we call it Palm Sunday, but Palm Sunday really serves as a prelude of Hell Week, 
for Jesus. What we see in this text is Jesus making a social, political, and spiritual statement with his entrance into the city of Jerusalem. There are two crowds that are gathered according to historians like Josephus and Tacitus, and those two crowds are celebrating two different people. One crowd is celebrating the governor Pilate on the other side of town, and then this crowd that I've read to you is celebrating Jesus coming into Jerusalem to celebrate what is called the Passover meal. Pilate is considered to be the puppet governor of Rome. The crowd gathered on the other side of the text where I read before you to celebrate Jesus. Jesus borrows a donkey from someone who was most likely one of his disciples. And he fulfills the prophetic writings of Zechariah 9.9, which claims that the king of Zion will come in riding on a donkey. The disciples then took off their outer garments and laid them on the donkey to make a saddle for Jesus. We are told in the text that crowds gathered. They took down branches from trees and placed them on the ground. They took off their outer garments and laid them on the ground and began to shout and serenade Jesus, hollering words from Psalm 118. The crowd was caught up in a euphoric frenzy, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This story of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey it's in direct contrast to Pilate entering Jerusalem at Passover time. Pilate is coming in like some conquering king. But Jesus comes in riding on a donkey. And Jesus riding on a donkey is really a sign of peace, restoration, and reconciliation. Pilate is coming in representing the oppressive regime of the Roman government. But Jesus is coming in as an agent of relief. This particular text has simmering beneath its surface tension, trouble, and turmoil. The Jewish people at this particular time, they are highly charged because they have some messianic expectations. Coupled with the preparation to celebrate their most memorable moment, the moment known as Passover. For those that may not know what Passover is all about, Passover is that celebrative meal of where God delivered the children of Israel from the tyranny of Pharaoh and from Egyptian slavery. It is that meal that we as Christians have translated into what we now call the Lord's Supper or communion. The tension in this text is rather palpable. You can almost cut it with a knife. The Jewish people have been looking for somebody that would lead a revolt against the Roman Empire. They were anticipating a Messiah to start a revolution, raise an army, and overthrow the oppressive regime of Tiberius, the Roman emperor at the time. They, they were looking for somebody who would come and reestablish the throne of David. And here is Jesus engaging in what I want to call these messianic tones to the pleasure of the crowd. The crowd affirms his messiahship. And it is followed by all the pomp and circumstance 
of men, women, boys, and girls laying down their garments on the ground, waving branches and hollering, God save us. They were giving Jesus the royal red carpet treatment. But one thing I have to admit about Jesus is that Jesus never had a problem drawing a crowd. Oh no, 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 no. In fact, Jesus' first outing was in a crowd at a wedding party where he turned water into rhyme. Crowds showed up because they knew something remarkable and spectacular was going to happen whenever Jesus showed up. Somebody was going to get healed. Somebody who was lame would be able to walk. Somebody who was blind would have their sight restored. Somebody who was deaf would have their hearing given back. Even somebody who was dead could be brought back to life. Jesus never had a problem negotiating and working the crowd. Crowds showed up to hear his profound parables, his prolific preaching, and his thoughtful teachings. Jesus knew how to handle crowds. Because if you read in your Bible, Jesus handled a crowd of 5,000 men beside women and children. When after a long day of teaching, he tells the disciples to feed them. They brought little lads lunch five barley loaves and two fish. They put it in the hands of Jesus and Jesus started breaking the bread and the fish and fed nearly approximately 15,000 folks. He, he did another instance of this when he fed another 4,000 folks with seven loaves of bread. Jesus knew how to work a crowd and that's what I love about my Jesus. But this crowd in the text is shouting. And part of the reason that they could come together and shout is because this crowd is not quarantined. This crowd did not have a stay-at-home proclamation. This crowd did not have to shelter in place. This crowd did not have to deal with a viral pandemic. This crowd was not worried about losing their money in the stock market. This crowd could visit their loved ones when they were sick. Oh, they were able to gather in one place and celebrate the one that they believe was their royal Messiah. And they had been shouting and they were having a good time shouting about Jesus coming into the city of Jerusalem. But 2,000 years later, on a Palm Sunday in 2020, what do we have to shout about? As we engage in this Sunday, Palm Sunday, as we began to celebrate the week of passion, they shouted back then, but what do we have to shout about right now? We find ourselves dealing with some serious challenges. We're living in some unprecedented times trying to navigate through uncharted territory. Anxiety levels are higher now than they were when we went through 9-11. The updates we receive from the federal government is rather unsettling. At this current moment, the United States now makes up 25% of all the known coronavirus cases in the world. Those who are watching me through live stream or listening to me on a conference call know somebody who has been infected with COVID-19. We know someone who has died of this virus. I lost a cousin this week to this virus. I've had several colleagues of mine who have died from this virus. What is there to shout about? These are 
some challenging times. Unemployment is spiking as we see claims go up to nearly 7 million people nationwide having filed the unemployment last week. Some economic prognosticators think that the unemployment rate may reach 30% before it's all over. The Dow Jones is down by nearly 8,000 points from its all-time high. The economic situation is rather dire. What do we have to shout about? Hospitals across the width and breadth of this land are being pushed beyond their limits. New hotspots emerge every week. Doctors, nurses, EMTs, healthcare professionals have gone beyond the breaking point physically, emotionally, and mentally. They don't have enough protective gear. Ventilators are scarce like precious jewels. And unfortunately, it's going to get worse before it gets better. What, what do we have to shout about? Stay at home is the order of the day. Limited gatherings of 10 or less is the law of the land. Nerves are frayed for some. Depression is setting in for others. And then there are those who don't want to practice social distancing. What do we have to shout about? And then, when it comes to the community of faith, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the ecclesia, those who are the called out ones, those who claim to follow Jesus, wind up breaking the law because of misapplication of scripture. Breaking the law by having people gather in the hundreds or thousands, putting lives at risk. And then on top of that, we have been name calling, belittling, behaving with a superior, super righteous attitude, questioning the faith and intelligence of those who don't think like we do. And then we're casting dispersion and we're bringing embarrassment to the Lord Jesus Christ because of the way we're acting. What is there to shout about? What is there to shout about? As folks want to visit their loved ones but cannot because of medical restrictions. People are anxious, frustrated, tired, depressed, upset, isolated, quarantined, intubated, sedated, and dying. And all we want to know is, God, when is this pandemic going to end? Uncertainty has become the predominant mood of the moment. In fact, this might be the first time in Christian history since Jesus has gotten up from the grave that the church worldwide cannot gather in physical form, in physical presence to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior because of this pandemic. In the past, we've had situations and pandemics, but it was nothing like this that really shut down the whole worldwide church from coming together as a people. What do we have to shout about? These are the times that tries women's and men's soul. However, I want to suggest that this text, this incident of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, riding on the back of a donkey, 
gives us something to shout about even in these despondent and despairing times. For me, the eureka moment uh, is what God can do for us, with us, through us, and in spite of us, even in this pandemic moment. So just for a few brief moments, let me wrestle with, as followers of Jesus, what do we have to shout about? I want to suggest, first of all, we can shout because Jesus will give us what we need to carry out our assignment at this time. Oh, it's right there in verses 1 through 5. If you follow the flow of the text, you will see in verses 1 through 5, Jesus sent two of his disciples to retrieve a donkey and a coat. Jesus gives them, watch this, explicit instruction on where to go, what to get, and what to say just in case somebody asks questions. He gives them what to, where to go, what to say, and what to get. I like this because it lets me understand that when I'm doing what the Lord will have for me to do, he will give me what I need to carry out his assignments. It is believed that Jesus has made preparations for his disciples to fulfill the assignment given to them. And yet they are doing this because it's going to shine the spotlight on Jesus that will ultimately bring God glory. I'm convinced uh, Jesus will not let us go into this dire season without having made preparations for us to handle what comes our way. I'm keenly aware that we're going through something right now that our world has not dealt with and we have not witnessed. This pandemic has shaken people and nations to its core. Medical professions, politicians, business persons, religious leaders, everyday people are trying to figure out what do we do next. However, as crazy as it sounds, I believe that Jesus is going to give us what we need to carry out our assignment in times like these. And here's how it looks. We have people right now who are rising up with a technological savviness that's been needed, coming to the forefront, providing assistance and aid for people who are not as technologically savvy. We know technology cannot replace human presence. We know technology cannot replace the human touch. But at least we're still able to communicate through calls and video conferencing and text messages. We are being very innovative in addressing the need and lack for medical equipment. Manufacturers all over the country are converting their processes to making protective gear, ventilators, facial masks, and other equipment needed for these times. Pharmaceutical companies are working overtime to come up with an antidote to help us to deal with this virus. And even though we can't go visit our loved ones who are sick in nursing homes and hospitals, at least we have the, in the, the ability to use ingenuity to communicate care and compassion in times like these. People are coming together to help one another that may not have done this in the past. And God knows uh, that we need all that we can take uh, to make it through this pandemic situation. And I'm convinced that God is going to give us what we need to get through this moment as far as COVID-19 is concerned. You might not be able to give a hug, but you can call somebody and give them an encouraging word. You might not be able to see your loved one in physical form, but you can FaceTime or Zoom them. You might not be able to shake someone's hand, 
but you can affirm them with a positive text message. You might not be able to go to a restaurant and eat out, but you can go and take groceries to those who can't get out. You might not be able to go to a prayer meeting in physical form, but you can get on a conference call and have a prayer meeting on teleconference. You might not be able to come to church in person, but you can live stream church services at home, sing real loud in your own key, and give God glory, praise, and honor in your bedroom, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your den, or on the back porch. God will give us what we need to carry out our assignment in times like these that will bring God glory. But there's something else that the text wants me to help you to understand what we have to shout about. And we can shout because people are shifting from selfishness to selflessness. It's right there in the text. In other words, people will focus less on themselves and engage in service to others. Oh, beloved, this blessed me when I saw this in the text. Because if you notice in the text, there are three acts of selfless service. First of all, somebody let Jesus use their donkey to ride into Jerusalem. You know what that's like? That's like you giving your car to somebody to drive. Next, the disciples took off their outer garments to make a saddle so that the Savior of the world could be comfortable. And then finally, the crowd that had gathered took off their outer garments, laid them on the ground, to create a red carpet treatment for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They gave up their comfort in verses 6 through 8 in service to our master. Oh, beloved, even in these dire times, you and I have reason to shout. We have reason to shout in thanks and admiration to those who are literally putting their lives on the line in service to others. EMTs. Doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, custodians, police officers, caretakers, and others are literally list risking their lives to serve those who are infected with COVID-19. They risk infecting themselves to treat those who are infected. This sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? He came to earth and took on our infection of sin so that we can be healed from sin's eternal consequences. You have business people who are putting people before profits for a change, not requiring people to pay rent. Governments are calling upon utility companies to keep the service going regardless of unpaid bills during this pandemic. Business owners are doing all they can to keep people on the payroll and then there are those who have become grocery shoppers for seniors and those who are sick and shut in who can't get out the house many of you who are watching us live stream have donated food and funds to feed families that are going hungry at this time but let's be honest Jesus this Messiah King has been anointed for the service of representing God before all of humanity. And when you engage in service for Jesus, for humanity's sake, you will at times put your life 
at risk. Some people will appreciate it. Others will disregard it. But trust me, we serve a God in the person of Jesus Christ who has taken note of all that you do. When you know that God has extended abundant, amazing, astounding, abounding, and accessible grace to your life, there is something within you that will move you from selfish motives to selflessness. There is something that will move you from selfishness and self-centeredness to selflessness and other-centeredness in service to humanity. Service is the rent that you and I pay for our time here on earth. Mahalia Jackson was right when she sang that song back in the days of yesteryear. If I can help somebody as I travel along, if I can help somebody with a word or a song, if I can help somebody from doing wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Please understand that whatever big or small thing you are doing right now, God is taking note of it. And God is giving you credit for the work that you're doing in service to others who cannot pay you back. But there's something else that this text gives me to shout about. We can shout because we know Jesus is more than what the crowd says about him. Oh, beloved, in verses 9 through 11, the crowd is quoting Psalms 118. The crowd is shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The word Hosanna literally means God save us, we pray. They're calling Jesus the son of David. The son of David is the title for the Messiah. They are looking for Jesus to reestablish the throne and the kingdom of David, their favorite king. They wanted to go back to the good old days, but that was not going to happen. I want to suggest that as we emerge from this pandemic, there are going to be a whole lot of changes in society and in the church, and some things are just gone for good. Others thought that Jesus was a great prophet in the lineage of Elijah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Daniel. See, this is the problem with the crowd. The crowd knew about Jesus, but the crowd really didn't know Jesus. The crowd did not fully understand or appreciate Jesus because their acts said he's a king. And then when he gets to the city of Jerusalem, it's a different crowd and they say he's a prophet. Beloved, y'all got to excuse me because I'm getting happy. I'm getting happy just thinking about this turn I'm getting ready to make because the Romans thought that another uprising was getting ready to take place. But Jesus came to do more than a political uprising. The Herodians who thought that Jesus was getting ready to move their kingship uh, thought that he was getting ready to overthrow them. But Jesus came to do more than get rid of a puppet kingdom. The Sanhedrin Council made up of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes the religious leaders of the day thought that Jesus was getting ready to overturn their religious rituals and laws and set up a new religion. 
But Jesus came to do more than establish a new religion. The common folks thought that Jesus was getting ready to come and free them from the oppression of Rome. Get rid of their puppet regimes and allow for them to go back to the glory days of David. But Jesus came to do more than engage in political and social liberation. Oh, beloved, Jesus came to do more because he is more. There was a battle he had to fight. There was blood that had to be shed. There was a cup of sorrow that had to be taken. There was betrayal that had to be experienced. There was denial that had to be endured. There were nails that he had to take on. There was a crown of thorn that he had to have planted on his head. There was a cut he had to endure in his side. He had to deal with our sins that separated us from our God. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad that we have a God in the person of Jesus who did more. And so they said Jesus was a great teacher, but he's more. They said Jesus is a healer, but he's more. They said Jesus is bread of heaven, but he's more. They said Jesus is water in dry places, but he's more. They said Jesus is a bridge over troubled waters, but he's more. They said Jesus is a doctor in a pandemic, but he's more. They said Jesus is the resurrection and the life, but he's more. They said Jesus is a provider, but he's more. They said Jesus is a way maker, but he's more. They they said Jesus is a promise keeper, but he's more. They said Jesus is a miracle worker, but he's more. They said Jesus is light in the darkness, but beloved, he is more. What is that more? Jesus is the son of the living God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is the very I am that I am. And since Jesus is God, Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my source. Jesus is my helper. Jesus is my resource. And I'm sticking with him. Why do I have to shout? I have to shout because of the purpose of Jesus. The power of Jesus. And the person of Jesus. And as I go through this week of passion. As I see him do what he does. I give God praise. Because there is nobody like my Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing his worth. It sounds like music in my ears the sweetest name on earth oh how I love Jesus oh how I love Jesus oh how I love Jesus because he first loved me and because of that love I have reason to shout about it because of his love and his dying and his resurrection you have reason to shout as I prepare to extend to you an opportunity to accept and to get your reason to shout if you don't know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of your sin. God has made a difference even in a pandemic situation because of Jesus. So we have reason to shout. Even in the most dire of circumstances that we have Experience collectively, you and I have reason to shout. Wherever you may be right now,
I want to lead you in a prayer. A prayer of new life, a prayer of brand new start, a prayer of new beginning. And if this prayer touches you, I want you to do me a favor. If you would, respond digitally online saying, yes, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to be a part of your church. And one of our digital ministers will let you know what next steps are. You can join us online. Yes, you can join us online. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you would, repeat after me. God, I come because I want a reason to shout in times like these. I realize that this is a dire moment and yet because of Jesus we do not have to let it get the best of us. I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he died on a cross. I believe one day he's coming back again. I believe you raised him from the dead. And because of all of that, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. God, forgive me of all my sins and help me be the person you want me to be. In the name of Jesus, I pray this prayer. Amen. If you're watching us online, wherever you may be right now, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your heart and your mind and your body and your spirit, you're sincere about that prayer. If you want a relationship with God, as Peyton mentioned, through Jesus Christ, because he is the way, the truth, and the life, salvation is yours right now. Eternal life is yours right now. The forgiveness of your sin can be yours right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now. And if this prayer fits you, do me a favor if you would. Say, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let one of our digital pastors know that is watching us online. They will let you know what next steps are. Or you can call the church. Say, hey, I was watching the broadcast and I want to become a part of the church. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And call the church. We will get back in touch with you in less than 48 hours. By Tuesday, we will contact you and let you know what next steps are. I want to thank you for watching us. I want to thank you for praying for us. I want to thank you all for supporting us. Continue to pray for one another. Check on each other as we work our way through this pandemic. We're getting ready to close. May God bless you. All heads bowed as we close out in victory form. God, we thank you for allowing us to worship you virtually. We thank you, O oh God, for songs that have been rendered, scriptures that have been read, prayers that have been offered, offerings that have been given. We thank you, God, for the team that is here that will allow for your gospel, your word, and your service to go forth. God, watch us throughout the rest of this week. Continue to undergird us. God, give protective covering to all of those who are working in this pandemic situation be with our leaders as they try to figure out how to flatten this curve across the width and breadth of this nation and this globe and then god if you would in your own imitable way continue to source us with what we need to serve your people it's in the name of your son jesus christ we pray and in his name we claim it done and we say we love you amen what a time family Woo. 
Thanks for staying with us. I'm Reverend Kelly Baptist, and here's what's happening with St. Paul. Keep getting pumped, fam. See, I just put a jacket on so you won't. Anyway, your testimonials about your push to do better with your physical temple have been so inspiring. People all over Facebook and the world are watching us get St. Paul fit. Keep it up. Monday's uploads drop at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, just in time for an afternoon workout. So get your water and your towel and let's continue to get St. Paul fit. Join us each Wednesday at 8.15 for a quick 15. A quick 15 is a brief time to connect with Pastor Scott and the St. Paul family in prayer and devotion. Join us each Wednesday by dialing 425-585-7753 to participate. And if you call in at 8 p.m. instead of 8.15, you'll be able to chat with the other St. Paul family members on the line before the call starts at 8.15 sharp. It is yet another way for us to stay together and connected as a family, even during these socially distant times. So we'll meet you on the line for a word and prayer on Wednesday. The 2020 census has been extended to October 31st. The results of the census will help determine how hundreds of billions of dollars in federal funding, and we sure need it, flow into our communities each year for the next decade. That funding shapes so many different aspects of our community, no matter the size or location. Join me in taking a vital step to shaping our future and the future of our community. Go to 2020census.gov for more details and fill out the census form for every person who lives in your household. I've already done it. It took five minutes. Just go ahead and make yourself count. And that's what's happening. Please stay home and safe as we worship and fellowship together in a variety of ways. We do miss you and look forward to when we'll see you again in the house. In the meantime, you can check out the church website or contact the church office if you have any questions or need more details. Also, make sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Vimeo, and YouTube. This has been your St. Paul News, and until next time, be blessed.